if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get your day started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the 21st morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. And when I say get your day started, I'm assuming that you already started your day with Hugh Hewitt. But just in the off chance that you did just get up, we will start you right now. we got a great show for you coming up on the program this morning. Coming up in about a half, three great guests. Coming up in about a half an hour, we are going to talk with, with uh, more. Morgan Ortegas, and Morgan Ortegas is going to be joining us to discuss the lawsuit, or not the lawsuit, rather, the defunding and the potential. I guess I shouldn't say not the lawsuit, we'll do both. The defunding of the World Health Organization, the temporary halting of American funding by President Donald Trump uh, of the... um, uh, World Health Organization, and calls now for lawsuits to be filed in the United States against the World Health Organization and against the nation of China, the specifically the uh, People's Republic of China, meaning the communist government, for allowing everything to, um, uh, to go down the way that it did. So former State Department, or excuse me, not former, but State Department spokesperson Morgan Ortegas will talk about all of that at 9.35. At 10.05, we will have our friend Peter Kersenow to uh, address all things coronavirus-related, all things Bill of Rights suspension-related. And yes, we have been suspended. Many of our rights have been suspended under this, which is what has led to many protests that we'll talk about in a moment. And of course, we'll talk to Peter about the immigration order, which will be our lead story in a moment. Then at 1035, more in depth, or 10, yeah, 10, 1045, beg pardon, more in depth on, uh, that immigration order from the president last night with uh, our friend David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. So though we have three great guests today, probably not a ton of time for phone calls. We'll do our best to squeeze them in in between our guests before and after, but we do have a lot of experts that we're going to hear from today. Again, State Department spokesperson Morgan Ortegas will be first at 935 about what we are doing to stop funding those who hurt us. And those who, quite frankly, Senator Ty, you know, it's funny, I mentioned Hugh Hewitt, because I always listen to Hugh in the morning. It's kind of weird. I go back and forth between listening to Hugh and watching television and seeing what the latest news stories are there. But uh, he had, Hugh had uh, Senator Tom Cotton on this morning, and Senator Tom Cotton answered a question from Hugh about whether or not the World Health Organization is not just incompetent, but if they are corrupt. 
And do you think that leaders like Tedros and some of the top officials in the WHO are receiving direct payments from the uh, uh, CCP, the Chinese Communist Party? And Senator Cotton said yes. That's enormous. That is enormous. So we're going to get into all of that with Morgan Ortegas. But we'll start with the president's late-night order by executive order to halt immigration into the United States from everywhere. You know, we already had travel bans in place. We had travel bans in place from China, from South Korea, from Iran, from parts of Europe, including the U.K. We already had that in in order to stop as much as we can anybody from bringing more cases of the Chinese coronavirus into the United States. But now he is halting all immigration into the United States. Not just a travel ban, but an overall immigration ban. He announced this at about 10 o'clock last night, that he will soon sign an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration in the United States in a drastic escalation of the fight against the Chinese coronavirus. The declaration came hours after U.S. equity markets plunged, Oil prices turned negative for the first time in history. Think about that for a moment. And think about the fact that there are liberal, democratic socialists in this country who celebrated it. Celebrated the fact that oil prices went negative. They think this country can somehow run without oil. They are loving the fact that the oil companies are being destroyed. And I'm talking about idiots like Alexandria Damasio Cortez, who literally celebrated and cheered and said, uh, I can't remember exactly uh, how she worded it, but they can't go low enough, meaning the prices, in order to essentially make the oil companies insolvent and unable to continue to operate. This baffling display of of economic ignorance, of basic industrial ignorance about everything that we have in everyday life that is petroleum-based. It's just staggering, staggering. But the Green New Deal proponents think that somehow the United States can and would be a better place without oil. Anyway, uh, I don't want to chase that uh, squirrel up the tree. Um Also, three states today, Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina, have uh, revealed new plans to begin reopening some businesses. But the president tweeted, in light of the attack, this is last night about 10 p.m., in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as well as the need to protect the jobs of our great American citizens, I will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States. The precise details of the plan, Fox News reporting, not immediately available. The White House did not immediately elaborate on the announcement. Politico reported that DHS, that's Homeland Security, was still working out the details of the executive order and that an exemption for temporary guest workers, including farm workers, was under consideration. A top Homeland Security official told Politico that 22 million unemployed Americans and counting due to COVID-19 had prompted the president to act. What I'm going to do is stop here and ask you a very simple, basic question. And by the way, you know, I said we have very little time for calls today. Uh, not now. We can do it now. We can have first first segment and second segment right now, 216-901-0945 until 930. We can probably take your calls if you want to answer this question directly. On what basis could anybody, even the most deranged Trump haters, possibly disagree with this order? 
We have 23 million. Tw- they keep saying 22, but I it, I rounded it up to 23, and I because I have seen multiple uh, uh, decimal points uh, saying it's 22.3, 22.5, or whatever. And I'm just saying it's just just under 23 million uh, unemployed Americans in the last four weeks alone. That number is going to continue to rise as long as we remain on lockdown in in states all across this country. Obviously. More and more people losing their jobs as more and more businesses try to stay afloat but can't because Nancy Pelosi's eating ice cream instead of getting her butt to Washington, D.C., calling all of the members back off of recess and passing the, the extension of the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. It expired and ran out of money last week. There are businesses closing daily. Because they cannot get the assistance they need from Nancy Pelosi. The president has said, let's do this. I'll sign. The Senate has said, I'll do this. Let's get going. Now, admittedly, McConnell hasn't called the Senate back either. But it's kind of irrelevant unless the House is back. Get your behind. And McConnell and the Republicans have said, we agree with the president. Let's sign this. Just a COVID-19 relief bill, specifically the PPP, to help small business owners continue to be able to pay people. Otherwise, that 22, 23 million unemployed Americans grows exponentially. All right, maybe not literally exponentially, but by millions more each and every week. This Thursday, we'll have a new number. Two days from now, 22, 23 million will jack up to 25, 26, 27 million, maybe even as many as 28 million, because it went up by 5 million plus last Thursday. So on what basis could anybody possibly disagree with the notion that if any businesses are reopening, and what were the states that I just gave you? South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, just three, to announce yesterday that they are going to open their businesses, at least some of them now, which means people are going to be coming either back to work or getting hired. Why would we increase competition for unemployed Americans to get these jobs by bringing in immigrants, illegal or legal? Why would we increase the competition for jobs by bringing more people into the United States right now? It makes zero sense. Not a little bit. It's not like, well, most of the preponderance of the evidence is on one's. No, zero sense to bring anybody into this country from outside the country right now because of the job situation, but also because, wait for it, there's still a disease. There's still the Wuhan coronavirus infecting people in countries around the world. Why would we bring more cases of infection potentially into the United States that we are trying to, you know, eradicate? We're trying to eradicate the disease. We're trying to limit it as much as possible so we can get our businesses back open and running and get people back to work. Why would we bring new people in? Representative Paul Gosser from Arizona applauded the executive order, told, uh, uh, suggested a total immigration suspension should continue indefinitely, saying, thank you, Donald Trump, on Twitter. All immigration to the U.S. should halt until every American who wants a job has one. Given tens of millions of Americans are out of work right now and we are battling a virus that spreads through human-to-human transmission, I am dying to hear one coherent argument against this wrote Washington's Spectator USA editor, Amber Athey. That's how I feel. Meanwhile, the Democrats are doing their level best to find a way to do it, to find a way to, to argue against this very obvious 
and and clear, uh, correct order. Kamala Harris, senator from California, one who wants to be on Joe Biden's short list to be groped by him uh, on a stage sometime near you during the campaign. Kamala Harris said, quote, Trump failed to take this crisis seriously from day one. He is the only guy in the federal government who took it seriously enough to say, what is spreading in China? That's it. Immediately ban travel from China right now. He's the only one, only one who did that. And they called him xenophobic. They called him racist, trying to keep brown people out of the United States or whatever uh, color they want to assign to people in different countries, in Asian countries but basically saying that it was a race issue. Trump failed to take this crisis seriously from day one, said Kamala Harris. His abandonment of his role as president has cost lives, and now he's shamelessly politicizing this pandemic to double down on his anti-immigrant agenda. Enough, Mr. President. The American people are fed up. You want to know what we're fed up with? Do you want to know what we're fed up with, Cammy? We're fed up with pathetic liberal Democrats who value the lives of foreigners more than the lives of Americans. We're fed up with people like you who value jobs for foreigners more than you value jobs for Americans. We're fed up with your globalist approach that is death and destruction to American lives rather than an America first approach that puts the health Safety, security, and livelihoods of Americans before all others. And that is why we support Donald John Trump. And why you and and creepy, crazy, delusional, mentally incoherent quid pro Joe will never, ever ascend to the White House. I got more. And I know you do, too. I see the phone lines full. We're coming right to you on AM 1420, The Answer. You know, when the president banned travel from China on January 31st, do you remember what happened? Literally within hours, Joe Biden appeared at a campaign event in Iowa, and he told the crowd there, that Americans need to have a president they can trust, uh, who they can trust, uh, that what he says about it, he's going to act rationally about it. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria and xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering to lead the way instead of science. The day that President Trump banned travel from China, Joe Biden ripped the ban on travel from China. And yet the left that backs Joe Biden says that it was Donald Trump that didn't take it seriously from the beginning. I want you to ponder that for a moment. Months later, specifically last month, Joe Biden admitted that he supported, now, the China travel ban. In other words, Trump was right way out ahead of the curve. And he's right now to ban immigration in general, to at least put a temporary halt on immigration. It should be, and I hope when he writes the order, that it's indefinite until such time that he sees fit as to lift it. Uh, John is calling from, no, I'm sorry, not John first. It's Bob first in Strongsville. Sorry, John, you'll be next. Hey, Bob, go ahead, sir. Hello, Hi, Bob. Bob in Strongsville. Yeah, you there, I talked to you briefly last week about the education problem, and I guess I went to the rally yesterday, and I'm disappointed more people were in there because they thought everything's going to open May 1st. 
but the president did say schools are closed and they may not open in the fall. I'd like to know where Martha Fudge and Frank Jackson are, because the inner city kids are not learning anything. The superintendent's yeah, idea was a television yeah, we, we show. Did, we, did, we did talk about that last week, I remember, and it's a great point that you make. And I'll say that, and thank you for bringing it up again, and I'm glad you were there. And by the way, and thanks for the call. There will be more people at these rallies, by the way, if this continues. Make no mistake about it. The protests had about 100 people there that I was told yesterday. Uh, that will grow and grow and grow when the new numbers come out and more and more Ohioans are unemployed. And if, if uh, Mike DeWine does not open up this state faster rather than slower, starting on May 1st and continuing uh, you know, with the phases as planned without any steps backward, the, 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 the cries and the screams are going to go louder and louder and louder. And as far as the schools, you're right. I knew they were going to close them for the rest of this year. Everybody knew that. They were not going to reopen them in May because, you know, there's less than a month of school left. So they weren't going to reopen them in May. If they even think about letting this ridiculous hysteria continue through the summer and not let the kids start school uh, at, um, in uh, August, um, he's going to have more trouble than a little bit. I'm going to tell you that right now. There are going to be thousands there on a daily basis, and if Mike DeWine gives a wit about his political career, he will listen to the people and not to the hysteria, hysterical, wrong, inaccurate, incorrect, phony doctors like Amy Labcoat any longer. And when I say phony, what I mean is she doesn't practice medicine anymore. She doesn't research in labs. She's a politician. She has the be-all, end-all authority to sign orders to close things in this state. Some people didn't realize that. I didn't. She actually has the orders. There's a strange, uh, strange little clause in Ohio law that allows the director of health the director of the Ohio Department of Health, to make decisions, even though she, he or she is an unelected official. She's a politician now. She is not a doctor practicing. She's not in a lab researching. She is a flat-out board member and obviously director of the Board of Health and, and is more of a politician than she is a doctor. I'm tired of that nonsense, and he's going to have more trouble than he wants if he continues this. Let's go to a John now in Berea, as I promised. Hey, John, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I suggest that for the time being, we refer to the WHO as the worst health organization, not the World Health Organization, the worst health organization. Yeah, they are. They are. I agree. Yeah. And so we should refer, for the time being, we should be referring to them as that, since they totally dropped the ball, and we're one of the biggest people or nations supplying them with funding, and then they, you know, then they dump on us. And it's not just, it's not just, yeah, it's not just that they're the worst, it's that they're the most corrupt. It's one thing to be, you know, incompetent or not good at something. And when you're the World Health Organization, by the way, you doggone well should be good at it. But it's another thing to be corrupt, to be for sale, to be able to be paid off by, by leaders of communist governments like China and then doing their bidding no matter what damage it does to the rest of the world. That's what Senator Tom Cotton said is going on when he talked to Hugh. And thanks for the call, my friend. That's what he said, uh, uh, to Hugh Hewitt earlier today, and that's one of the reasons why there is a call to not only defund the world, the worst, I'll, I'll follow your lead, the worst health organization, but to investigate and possibly sue it for corruption 
And that's uh, that's what uh, we're going to talk to our next guest about. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour news. Right now, it is 9.30. We'll get news. Stay here on AM 1420, The Answer. Thirty-five. We continue now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Last week, I talked to you about governors gone wild uh, because of all of the mostly, and in our case, not because Mike DeWine is a Republican in theory, but in most cases, these wild, tyrannical, authoritarian, stay-at-home house arrest orders are being given by liberal Democratic um, uh, governors, but not in all cases. And uh, this will make you feel good. This will make you feel really good. This is the governor of South Dakota not siding with authoritarian governors, but the governor of South Dakota sides with the protesters and the people who say, open our states back up and allow freedom to ring. That's what it's supposed to do. Listen. I believe in our freedoms and liberties. What I've seen across the country is so many people give up their liberties for just a little bit of security, uh, and they don't have to do that. Now, if a leader will take too much power in a time of crisis, uh, that is how we lose our country. Uh, so I've felt mm-hmm. like I've had to use every single opportunity to talk about why we slow things down. We make decisions based on science and facts right. and make sure that we're not letting emotion grab a hold of the situation. That is the governor of South South Dakota, um, who I was not very familiar with, Christy Nome, and I'm still not terribly familiar with her, but I like her. I like her a lot. What she said is spot on. If a leader takes too much authority, that's how we lose our country, and we're losing it state by state by state by state, the way things stand right now. Okay, I'm told we do have our guest on the line, so let's pivot back now to the World Health Organization, named by one of our callers as the worst health organization. I kind of like that, actually. It fits uh, very well. The worst health organization, the WHO. And joining us now is State Department spokesperson Morgan Ortega to discuss. Uh, Morgan, thanks so much for your time. How are you? Uh, uh, great, thank you. It's a, it's an honor to be on. I appreciate it. My my in laws actually met in Cleveland, um, so it's uh, it's always nice to be on with Cleveland. Wonderful. So glad to have you. Uh, uh, kind of, sort of uh, back here in Northeast Ohio, at least for a segment. Okay, so <laughs> let's um let let's talk about the WHO. And it's kind of funny. I had a previous caller mention, and I think it works. It's a better acronym, uh, worst health organization than it is world. But what we discussed is, and I think what a lot of people are discussing is. Which is worst if you have an organization like the WHO that is incompetent and unable to handle uh, controlling and limiting the spread of, of uh, an epidemic that becomes a worldwide pandemic? Is it incompetence mm-hmm. that's worst or corruption? Because Senator Tom Cotton said uh, a couple of hours ago on another radio show here on Salem, told Hugh Hewitt that he believes that payments have directly been made from the PRC to uh, leaders in the World Health Organization to get them to do their bidding. And there's no other explanation for why they would be following Beijing's lead. Which is worse, corruption or incompetence in the WHO? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, those are, those are excellent points that, that you're making. And I think that what we're really focused on uh, at the State Department, with Secretary Pompeo and the President, what we're focused on, is this fundamental question that we have to answer, the world has to answer, is how do we prevent a pandemic from this magnitude from ever happening again? And and there's a lot of issues uh, that we have with the WHO. Obviously, the president has, has detailed them. Um, but but the, the main issue, the main problem that we have is because 
the WHO did not demand the type of information that we need from the Chinese Communist Party, we may never, ever be able to answer that fundamental question of how do we prevent a pandemic of this scale from ever happening again? Because we need the proper investigators uh, in China. We need the virus samples from early on. We need to know exactly what happened, when and where. And this isn't about the blame game. It's not about retribution. It's simply because we can't move on from this pandemic and just and just shrug our shoulders if we never find out truly what happened at the beginning of it. You should know we talk a lot about the WHO in China, but but there's many more examples of of uh, incompetence and, and reforms needed. Um, there's some fantastic open source uh, you know journalism, great 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 reporting that's been done about what happened during the Ebola crisis in Africa. Uh, there was a, 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 a Chinese woman who was the head of the WHO at the time, and it's been well documented some of the glaring uh, errors that happened under, under her watch uh, with Ebola. Uh, we also know, if you look at the Washington Post, Josh Rogan uh, had a column last week in which he detailed, I forget the exact name of the column, but it was something along the lines of the WHO has a, uh, has a dictator problem. And he actually went into all of the areas in Syria in which the WHO has screwed up, has propped up Assad, so we hear a lot about uh, China because that's obviously where um, this particular pandemic, this virus uh, emanated from. Um, but there, but there's also major uh, issues from around the world where you could go case by case. And, and what has unfortunately happened, which often happens, is, is there's things that need reform, that need full accountability. Uh, but the world gets past the crisis um, and they move on and, and, and go to the next thing. And, and no one's ever held accountable for these errors. So lo and behold, you have President Trump who comes into office and Secretary Mike Pompeo who believe in this simple concept of American taxpayers uh, need to get their money's worth for what they're doing. So we're more than happy to be generous donors to make sure that the global health public infrastructure, the global public health infrastructure um, is credible and works. Uh, but when we spend $500 million a year at the WHO, we expect that money to be used prudently and wisely and and we don't want to just use American taxpayer money uh, to no end. Morgan Ortegas is our guest. She is a spokesperson for the Mike Pompeo-led State Department. I want to go back to the investigation part of this, because you're 100% right. We need to know all of the details about what was done and when it was done and how it was done. Um, and we can't get them, because, of course, they blocked reporters. From, uh, they blocked investigators. Uh, they blocked everybody because they're, well, they're communists. Um, and, they, and they knew that they were going to be on the hook for this. When you say that the State Department doesn't want to play the blame game, I'm going to ask why, because the blame game is important here. We have to figure out what happened in order to assign blame so that consequences can be levied to make sure that there is an incentive for those responsible to never allow this again. I I can't understand how we can move forward without figuring out every detail of what they did wrong and whether it was intentional or just incompetent and accidental in China. Uh, And uh, and, and so does, does the State Department have a position right now on the investigation into whether or not it came from a a wet market in Wuhan or a bio lab in Wuhan? Yeah, we don't so totally agree with, with what you said there. And in fact, Secretary Pompeo was, was uh, one of the only people in, in the world very early on, uh, back at, way back in February, we have, uh, we have uh, documentation of him. We were, I think it was the Munich Security Conference that we were at where he started saying, listen, we're not getting all of the data that we need from China. We need accurate data. We need transparency. 
And uh, this is before Europeans, before anybody started speaking up on this uh, very, very early on. So, so we have been on, on that bandwagon for full data and transparency um, from the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, for, for quite a long time. So, so completely agree with, with your point there. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? Well, it was, it was, it was about the, the investigation and um, holding them oh, accountable the for this so that it never right. happens again. And yeah. that means determining, yeah. were they telling us the truth, that it came from a, right. a wet market or whether it came from a Wuhan biolab? Because there are multiple media reports now that point to that as being the very likely situation. And now the U.S., of course, has, has launched an investigation to find out if that is true. Does the State Department have a position on that? Well, not yet because we don't have the facts yet, right? And so our job at the at the State Department, uh, Secretary Pompeo's job, my job, is to put public pressure on the Chinese Communist Party and on the WHO until uh, until we get these answers, until we get the truth, until we get this data. Uh, you'll remember that the the, the wet market um, uh, theory of how this started is 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 one of the initial uh, theories that the Chinese Communist Party put out themselves. Um, so, you know, there, there could be, I'll, I'll let scientists answer whether that, that is valid or not. I would say from a, from a, from a political, geopolitical perspective, um, we always take the first thing that the Chinese Communist Party says with a grain of salt. Um, and, and so this is, that, that, that uh, explanation of the wet market, it, it's important to note, uh, was a theory that came from the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure scientists are, 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 are looking into that and the investigation will continue, of course. But, but the, but the bottom line is we don't know the answer. Um, I know that scientists will talk about the fact that, uh, that natural viruses can emanate from the lab. Uh, because there's so many different theories out there, because no one has been able to scientifically prove, uh, where this emanated from, uh, that's why, uh, Secretary Pompeo and I are continuing to call for full transparency from the Chinese uh, Communist Party. It's why we're calling uh, for the accurate data, virus samples needed. There's been reports that they have destroyed them. That would obviously be a problem if, if those reports are, are accurate. And uh, listen, and, and it's important to remember, and, and every other time where we have a uh, uh, some sort of disaster like this, you know, the world tends to say, oh, we're in the middle of a crisis. We can't deal with reforms now. Let's deal with it afterwards. But President Trump hasn't taken that position because we know once we're through the pandemic, no one's going to actually hold the WHO accountable for the reforms. We'll just move on to the next thing. We'll forget about it. We'll shrug our shoulders, and, we'll, and the world will move on to the next crisis. So for people who say that now is not the time to, to put any public health funding on hold, I would say that now is the most more important time to demand reforms, to demand changes. And I would also add that the money that Congress has appropriated to global public, public health Here's what we're doing at the State Department. That's about $500 million that went to the WHO. Um, that, money is, uh, that money is what we're going to do with the uh, State Department and USAID. We're going to send that directly to people and programs in need. So the WHO is somewhat of a pass-through. So we're going to find ways to still have every penny that Congress allocated uh, for, this, uh, for global public health. Um, and instead of sending it through the WHO, we're looking at how we can use USAID to send it directly to people in need and programs in need. We are talking to Morgan Ortegas, a spokesperson for the State Department. Um, we've agreed to, essentially, or not agreed to, but the president has decided to temporarily halt funding to the WHO. Um, 
Do you believe, and does the State Department believe, that this is something that should become permanent? Because right now, we write around a $400 million blank check to them every year, an organization that is not working on the uh, on behalf of the best interests of the world, but are specifically favoring uh, certain governments like the one that we just talked about, like the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Um, should we completely defund the World Health Organization until it is proven that they can look out for everybody? Well, and I, I mean, I think that's essentially what the president has announced, this, this pause, this, uh, this hold in funding. Uh, again, at the State Department, we're looking for what are the, what are the global health um, programs that we can directly fund ourselves. You know, if we take a step back, I think it's important to note that the, the, the entire global public health infrastructure, the global health infrastructure that exists today, is largely funded and paid for by the generosity of the American taxpayer. Uh, in just the 21st century alone, we have contributed over $140 billion to global health. And that's important, right? Because global health, what happens, what happens with Ebola in Africa, what happens with SARS in Asia, that obviously affects the United States. Pandemics, uh, uh, affect the world now, not just a particular country or region. So I think Americans should be proud of the global public health infrastructure that exists now because we largely funded it. So I, I you know, this sort of some of the naysaying that I hear from different parts of uh, the media or other sectors of people saying, "Where's American leadership during this crisis?" American leadership has has as American taxpayers have paid the generosity of American people have paid for the for the strong global public health infrastructures that exist now. And what we're simply saying is we will continue to be generous. We will continue to fund public health, but we demand accountability. We demand reform. We demand transparency. We're not going to squander American hard-earned taxpayer dollars. Uh, and the fact that no one has demanded this before President Trump, I think, is a travesty. Uh, last thing, uh, Morgan Ortegas of the State Department. Uh, how do you feel? How does the State Department, the uh, Secretary, feel about the President's order last night um, limiting immigration to, in fact, essentially halting all immigration into the United States with very few exceptions, um, given the fact that we are yeah. facing an unbelievable crisis of unemployment? And then also, of course, we just don't know who's bringing the, you know, more cases of infection in with them. Right. So the uh, I think we're definitely going to have more announcements coming out of the White House today on that. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who is a great friend of mine, fantastic, fantastic guy, talk about, talked about this on Fox and Friends this morning. And, and uh, you know, in detail, he sort of described this as being similar to the, to the pause uh, that the president took on uh, incoming travel uh, from China and from Europe. So I think that we're going to get more details on, on that today from, from exactly how uh, the president and his team are going to roll that out. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing those things, and I uh, appreciate the job that the State State Department is doing. I'm a big, big fan of your boss. I think Secretary Pompeo has been just a godsend to the Trump administration. I think he's doing just about everything right, uh, and I really appreciate you coming on to share the position and the viewpoints on everything that the State Department is doing to help us right now. Morgan Ortegas, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. 9.50 now. Let's take a quick time out, and uh, we'll come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Oh, Layla. Yes, indeed. Five minutes before the top of the hour, Peter Kersenow after the top of the hour. Thanks again to... uh, Morgan Ortegas from the State Department. 
uh, with some updates on what's going on there. The State Department, by the way, is doing great work. They really are. They have repatriated thousands of Americans who have been stranded abroad during these travel restrictions. She's uh, So they're bringing Americans home and uh, doing everything they can as well to provide the truth rather than the disinformation being pushed by foreign actors, bad actors, relating to the coronavirus. So uh, hopefully, I really meant what I said to her, too. I really love the job that Mike Pompeo does and is doing. Uh, a couple of calls here before the top. Frank in Brook Park, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Hello. Frank, go right ahead. Thanks. Uh, preterm abortion chamber. None of those employees that we see coming in and out of there ever wear PPEs. Their Ohio Board of Health license expired in 2019. Why are they opening without a license? Why are they open? And we see women mutilated regularly until they make corrections. So how do you do it? Well, the Ohio Board of Health, there are inspectors we pay for with our taxes. They should shut them down. we got to enforce the rules. And by the way, all those people, seniors in particular, my wife and I, we can't see our own doctors. Every appointment we had has been canceled. My wife had a telephone interview examination by her regular doctor. It, the whole thing's insane. Not, Ohio's doing nothing. I agree that woman is not much of a director. No, she's not. Well, no, actually, I think she's very much a director. She's not much of a doctor, as far as I'm Brother. concerned. Yeah, I do. I do. I think you know she's all about public health policy now. She's not about actually actual medicine, and she's she's as much of a politician as she is a physician. And I think that's a big problem here because she's been given uh, powers that I I don't think a lot of people. Frank, thanks for the call. I'm about to go off on a tangent here, um, and, and I don't want to keep you there. Um, she she has given has been given powers that I wasn't aware. Then I'm sure most Ohioans are not aware that she has. According to the Ohio State Legislature, um, there there is a clause or a law, basically, that was introduced in 2004, passed in 2012, that allows the director of health to establish policy and make orders, not make recommendations to the governor, who can then make orders. Remember, the governor is an elected position. But she, an unelected appointee to the director of, uh, to the Board of Health, can make all these decisions. No person reads Ohio Revised Code 3701.352. No persons shall violate any rule the Director of Health or Department of Health adopts or any order the Director or Department of Health issues under this chapter to prevent a threat to the public caused by a pandemic, epidemic, or bioterrorism event. In other words, she has pretty much Full authority. She has full authority. She's not an elected official, and I would submit to you that if the uh, law is going to stand in the state of Ohio, that the director of health gets to issue orders that cannot be contradicted by anybody, that that position ought to be um, an elected position. Let her run for it. Because I got news for you. I wouldn't vote for lab coat. No way. Karen in Richfield on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Karen, Morning, Bob. Ahead. Thanks so much for having uh, Morgan Arcagas. What a wonderful guest she is. Thank you for having Indeed. her on. What I wanted to ask you about is the, the fact that our parents knew, and many studies since other viruses have occurred have said that one of the worst things you can do is lock yourself up in your house when you're sick. That's right. The best thing you can do is go out and get fresh air, get sunshine. It's good for you. You need it every day. Get out. You're not sitting in the house. You need to go out and get fresh air. So why are we closing our parks? Why are we 
ending our trails. It's a lot easier to keep a safe distance out in a park or on a trail than it is at Lowe's or the grocery store. It's just stupid. It's really stupid to keep people locked in a house instead of getting outside and getting fresh air and sunshine. Especially because what they are finding out, and, and again, we're talking about trust the science, trust the science. Okay, the science is saying that the, the, the disease, the virus in the air, it dissipates and is, is, is so much harder to infect or, or be contracted by people outside than, than in closed environments. It's kind of the reason exactly. they talk about, kind of the reason they talk about cruise ships. You know, it's kind of a, a closed environment when you're not on the deck anyway. But they're saying exactly. that literally when you are outside, you are, a, it is much harder to contract the virus than when you are inside because it will dissipate in the air and uh yet they're they're they're, like you said closing down beaches lakes uh parks uh you know outdoor playgrounds and all of these kinds of things it just makes no sense at all uh i'm glad you called i'm glad you called karen i'm glad you called to bring that up good stuff thank you so much we're going to get to the news now at 10 o'clock and on the flip side peter kirsten has got thoughts on the immigration ban on the lockdown orders on the phased reopening plan and more coming up